0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. Uh we have I guess I can say now, uh not even arguably the most dominant shooter to ever hold a bow in his hand, Levi Morgan. Levi, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, Aaron, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no, no problem. I um yeah, I guess it can't be ever denied or argued. Even on Archery Talk, they can't even argue. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure they will on there. <laughs> but uh, you, uh, by far, are the most dominant shooter to ever hold a bow in your hand. You just won your 12th shooter of the year in a row? Yeah, it's
1: the 12th one, man. I still
0: still hasn't sank in yet, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, holy. now you started off slow at the beginning of the year, didn't you? Yeah, it was, it was not looking good,
1: man. It was, I was, You know, after I won a few in a row, I thought being Samantha talking, I said eventually this streak's going to end, you know, and every year I just kind of wait and, and shoot and see how it starts. And this year, man, I was like 25 points back with four tournaments to go. And I was like, well, you know, this is the year. You know, I'd kind of already accepted it. And I could hear everybody talking and Levi's not going to win it this year. I've seen all the stuff on social media and I was like, you know, maybe not. And then, you know, I I was doing a, a podcast or a, a yeah, a junkie podcast, I think. And Greg asked me what I was going to do. And I was like, well, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to focus on winning each tournament and let the cards fall where they fall. And I'll be danged if I didn't end up winning it. So,
0: who were in the top five spots or who was closest well, to you, really?
1: <laughs> Danny McCarthy, like, led it all year. And he's been my toughest competition in ASA for several years. Um, and then there's always guys that come up each year and and uh, really make a run, you know. And I mean, there's years it's been Tim Gillingham, Tommy Gomez, you know. And, but Danny's always right there. Um, and so this year he he jumped out of the gate. Him and Jack Wallace. So they really pushed this year. Um, Jack won the first two. Danny won the third one. And then I won the last four. But they were always right there knocking you know and so it's if i feel like if you make any mistakes you know at that top level it's you know you make it real hard on yourself
0: i've shot competitive 3ds some obviously and and when you shoot um i've explained to frank before uh like you pretty much have to be I mean, you know, I told him, I said, if I'm, you know, if I shoot the course and I'm 60% 12s and a couple eights and the rest 10s, that's where you got to be to win. And, uh, yeah. eight, roughly. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, you know, unknown yardage. I don't think people realize it's not that easy for most people to even hit the eight or 10 ring at a turkey at, whatever 38 to 40 yards you know comparable to you know multiple other different animals what you know as far as learning to judge them so on and so forth but uh looking at some of your scorecards you're averaging about uh 60 plus percent 12s uh, uh to win most of the time i would say i mean is that about right
1: yeah you know we kind of say 50 percent clean so that'd be no way you know so if i shoot at a twenty target round, I need to shoot ten, twelves, and no eights. You know, to be, and then I'm I'm gonna feel really good. You know, and then sometimes you shoot sixty percent, sometimes you shoot thirty percent. You know, so but to win, at, at, normally every tournament the guy that wins is gonna be fifty percent, and that's not you know clean with no eights. If he if he's gonna shoot some eights, you better shoot more than fifty percent. So,
0: yeah. Now, what are your average shots on those courses? distance
1: Yeah, this weekend at the classic it was probably i bet it averaged 45 yards yeah so Um, far (laughs) yeah so it was a it was a good range you know and and you don't think of alabama's having terrain but this this place had some pretty good terrain we were shooting a lot of downhill stuff kind of we shot off a ridge most of the day and uh yeah it was it was pretty challenging so uh in in a way it should be for the world you know
0: yeah yeah, no, know for sure. What's your uh, what's your bow setup right now? Or what's your for this year anyway? Have you stayed pretty much well, to the same said, one?
1: No. Last, so I'm when I switched to Matthews last year, I went straight to the T R. X eight, um, which is a forty inch axle axle bow and an eight inch brace height, just because on paper I feel like that would be the m- most accurate for me. And I shot an eighty percent let off and, and just shot it really good in practice, but I would get in, you know, tournament situations and feel like I was struggling a little bit to aim it and so i kind of fought that for most of last year and then the first couple of tournaments this year and and uh, i remember being in i think fort Benning, uh georgia at a tournament and i was watching mccarthy shoot he was shooting a seven and his bow literally was just like it was in a vice and i was like and not that it was all the bow. I know McCarthy's a great shot, but I was like, dang, my bow just does not sit like that right now. So I went home and ordered a TRX7, and then I ordered 70% let off. And uh, man, I, I mean, the instant I got that bow in, it was like, I was, you know, like I flipped the switch. And then I won for the next five with it. And and it was just. I mean, I have got along with that bow so so well. Seventy percent V mods is what they're called for Matthews, and then uh, TRX seven. So it was uh, it's, it was a lifesaver this year
0: for sure to find that bow. Gotcha. What do you uh, What are you hunting with?
1: Well, last year I hunted with a Tri-Ax, and uh, I actually went out two weeks ago and shot the hunting bow I'll be hunting with this year. That I can't say what it is because <laughs> yeah. it's not out yet, <laughs> but. Um, you digging it the though? yeah, oh yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, the tracks is going to be a killer bow no matter what, and it's, I you know I thought it was going to be hard to get that out of my hands, but I think I'll be shooting
0: this new one this year. So. So I can't do any social media uploads in Alberta. Like, take a photo and run like hell. Dude, I, every year I feel like I'm
1: having to hide photos, and, and people are like, Where's your bow at? Every year till like mid November. So, yeah, that we. I, yeah, it's going
0: to be, I get this. Yeah, no, I've had to do the same thing, or like, you know, the the redneck, uh, uh what do you want to call it, edit where I just take black on uh yep. and just scratch over it and it's like oh yeah they're already gonna i mean there's no way to get that out of there so they can just guess there's something cool there oh, yeah, they'll get exactly. to see later <laughs> i
1: normally put like a big blur over it and they're trying to like put pieces together and, and then look way too far into it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it sucks that you know that part sucks because just constant speed of what is it when will it be out and i can't say a word you know I'm, I've actually had people get mad at me because I wouldn't like give out any information, but I literally can't. So (laughs) Mm. we get the same with uh,
0: backpacks. I mean, you know what? Because we'll test stuff three or four years and uh, you know, trying to break it or whatever. And people ask, I'm like, I don't even know why you're asking. I would have posted what it was if I could talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, so I can't post about it. But exactly, (laughs) what I know this is a question that this has been huge for on the podcast on, on our podcast for the last couple months um as far as a uh, arrow weight in front of center and stuff like that what what's your general arrow setup for hunting
1: last year last year I hunted with the lightest arrow setup I've ever hunted with um and I did that just to kind of see because I, I normally hunt with like a five right at a 500 grain arrow and I just wanted to shoot a little faster last year. And so I went down to like a 400. And, I think it was just right at 440 last year and shot it at about 320 foot a second. And, um, literally didn't see any difference. Um, and you know, penetration. I shot that moose up in NWT at 88 yards and got it you know, went completely through it, you know, buried to the flesh and stuff. So that's what I shot last year. Um, Front of center, I don't do a lot of, you know. Literally, I don't know what my FOC is on my ears. I, I, there's like a range there where I'm like, you know, don't be stupid. Don't put a 75 grain point and a giant wrap and a heavy lighted knock and five inch veins on the back. You know, I just, I don't, I'm not. I don't. I'm not completely, you know, stupid when it comes to that stuff. But I, I normally will run like this year. I'm going to run 125 grain, you know, broadhead, uh, 40 grain insert. And uh, you know, I'm going to four flash a 2.1 shield cut on the back. So, um, obviously got good FOC, but I don't know. I don't do any formulas to measure that or anything like that. But I'm I'm going back to a heavier arrow this year. I'm going to run a 500 plus grain arrow this year, just because I wanted to see what happened with that lighter one. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of light arrows when it comes to hunting.
0: Yeah, uh, you're about the same. so close i mean you generally i hunted i hunted with 80 pounds though but i usually had 50 to 75 grain insert and then 125 up front but i'm dudley um i did did a podcast with him and he asked he's like what's your front of center i'm like dude i don't know i haven't checked that in like a decade i think clinton was in office and i only checked it at that time because somebody asked me because i i think i just won like a state championship field shoot or something and i was shooting like 70 grain hot points on a twenty three twelve something i shouldn't have been shooting in field yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh i think i was like three percent or something but you know hunting's obviously different but there's just been uh, guys get pretty wrapped up around the front of center and i was just kind of preached good 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 arrow weight good point weight and and uh accuracy obviously being the key to to victory and and i think you shot that moose up there at 88 and uh, I shot a caribou up there at good distance and about the same arrow setup as that 500, you know, it's a little over 500, but I passed through that caribou. And that was with a Omer edge and you were shooting schwackers, weren't you? Yep. Swackers. Yeah. About the same broadhead really pretty close. Yeah. And I, I just try to tell people I, I'm not a, I'm more of a, a fan of a fixed blade broadhead for a lot of people's setups, but for my own setup, it's a moot point, and you're kind of in the same boat. I'm pumping out enough momentum. It really isn't right. something that I need to be as concerned with when I shoot in a compound. Obviously, now I shoot the Sharba's two-blade cut on contact, that I can't because I'm shooting right. a stick.
1: Yeah, you can't shoot the expandable on that.
0: No, no. <laughs> huh? in f- I think, actually, while we're talking about trad and compound, I think you and my buddy Tyler go back and forth, uh Friel up in Alaska. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? I think you guys poke fun back and forth at each other about trad versus compound.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, I I think so. I think he commented on a video I posted last year on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Along with every other trad shooter in the the entire world.
0: (laughs) I stay out of it, man, because I've been in both worlds, so I try not (laughs) to. You know what I mean? Like, I I am the a hole that's cracked animals well over a hundred yards. You know, and now I'm the a hole that uh, is is better than everyone. You know, I'm better than oh, what's the word? Uh, I'm better than everyone because I scoot to twenty. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't. Right, I don't think that. But
1: and I, dude, I have so much respect for people that hunt with traditional equipment because there is no possible way you're going to drag me somewhere with those giant animals and make me use a stick bow because. I would wound or miss everything in the entire world with it, you know. So, I mean, to to literally just take that and say I'm going to go kill something with it and do it—that's pretty cool. But, you know, I try to never preach my limitations on people, and that's where I get upset, you know. And I, I'm I'm pretty hot-headed too, so I'm you know when somebody's like, "Oh, it's way too far to shoot an animal," I'm like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> like, and then I look at their profile and they're shooting a a, a traditional, and I'm like okay you're gonna preach you know ethics to me and and you're shooting traditional which there's nothing wrong with i'm not going to tell you that that's unethical but don't tell me how far i can shoot my compound you know (laughs) which that wasn't your buddy that did that that was just uh that's just a common theme it seems like with you know a
0: lot of times and that's when i used to get on archery talk too so i don't get on there anymore i'm in the same boat um I don't yeah. even. I don't get on any forum, even when people tell me because they're talking about me to get on, because then it just makes life worse. So I just don't get on at all. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 when I started shooting the traditional bow, it's be because of I, I had done a podcast about, and I'm only bringing this up because it's been brought up before because you're on here about ethical shooting distance, and I did the, I ran right. mathematical equations, and I. Hey, okay, uh, you know, 30 uh, with a stick bow doing 171 is equivalent to 74 with a compound doing 294, whatever. Right. Momentum. And, and, um, you know, I I wasn't trying to encourage people to shoot longer distance. I I was just really running numbers. And um, oh, boy, I got a lot of emails uh,
1: that I suck as
0: a hunter. And I was like, all right, I'll just pick up a stick bow. Now, for me, in the spirit of, you know, as as honest as I can be, I am totally addicted to the stick bow. And I probably will never go back to a compound unless I shot tournaments. I like shooting for tournaments, but it just, you know, I just got addicted. It's cool. It is cool. But where I in seeing some things people post with you or whatever, I can shoot well inside of a paper plate consistently at 100 yards uh, minus wind obviously that changes and right you know obviously I've never shot with you but obviously you can shoot um, and if you start talking about numbers um, if a if a guy is is uh, goes out in the field hasn't practiced hasn't shot his bow grabs it a week before season he can tell just about anyone in the world that my maximum shooting distance is uh, 40 and be fine right Now, without any back data, no back data, no nothing, no one knows anything. They just hear 40, and they think that's okay. But I guarantee I would rather have him shooting me at 40 than you shooting at me at 100 because you shoot year-round, you practice, you tune, you dissect. That's where I think people can't get their heads wrapped around it is it's a number, and everyone's number is different, and your number is obviously farther. (laughs)
1: Than most. Well, I mean, it's just, that's why I say, you know, don't, don't put your limitations on anybody else. I mean, because you're the only person that knows what you're capable of, you know, and you are the only one that can, you know, make that decision that, Hey, this is, this is really pushing it, you know, or not, you know, and if I can shoot a, a softball sized group at a hundred, you know, under the right circumstances, you know, or conditions, and this guy can shoot basketball sized groups at 40, you're going to tell me he's better, you know, that's more ethical. At 40, it's not, you know, I mean, it's all about how you can shoot and then, and making a decision on the situation, you know, it's yeah. all situational. I'm not going to shoot an animal at a hundred yards and 40 mile an hour winds, you know, normally.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or alert, but, you know, that's another thing right. too, is yeah, exactly. knowing animal behavior. Right. Yeah.
1: And, um, and honestly, I, you know, we've done a lot of stuff and, and you know, we've been fortunate to or Cursed, or however you want to look at it, to have video cameras. And so we can go back and review it all. And so it seems like animals I shoot that are past 60. Um, they don't know. Move less <laughs> yeah. than the animals from, I think, 30 to 50 is the absolute worst range to shoot at an animal. Because they, they hear the bow go off and they still have time to move. You know, obviously 20 yards, they're, they're pretty much done most of the time um but at uh, you know 70 80 90 yards they don't hear that go off now they'll hear the arrow coming if if you have a loud setup but they don't hear that twang of the bowstring they don't react to that and i've had animals stand at 80 yards and just take an arrow and never move you know so i mean it's all situational and obviously if they're staring at you and their ears are pointed at you and they're you know taking in every little sound in their own edge you know and you launch an arrow at 97 yards they're probably not going to be there when it gets there
0: so, so. <laughs> people i feel sometimes especially the more we do these technical podcasts they treat a podcaster when they're listening to someone speak like a buffet they seem to right. grab what they want to hear and then they leave out other stuff um and when right. i say that meaning i've said things before like i feel Totally fine shooting an animal at eighty yards in comparison to forty. If the animal at eighty is feeding and or bedded, um, and the animal at forty is tuned up, and then they take from that that Aaron said shooting eighty is better than forty. No, that's not what I right. said. <laughs> what I said was right. you know so <laughs> the uh, you know and, and I've I've solved all of that because now I'm pretty much stuck inside of forty no matter what and hopefully twenty if. Uh, things work out and I got to be a lot sneakier, but you know, the, the <laughs> dynamics of the bow, um, when I say dynamics, my system is totally different now, you know, because speed doesn't matter anymore because my bow is so slow, no matter what I do. Right. Like, right. I might be able to get it to 200 feet per second if I about dry fire it, you know, but, you know, right. I'm, I'm locked into a solid 178 to 184, no matter what I do, that's just, that is what it is. And so I'm shooting a, a closer to 600 grain arrow and, and I'm focused way more on this, the noise. Um, you know, cause, dude, I've shot like five, right. I think I've shot five animals with that thing where I killed it on the second or third arrow. Cause they just don't know what's going on. Hell, they run closer sometimes. You're not getting that with a compound. Right. Right. Yeah, no
1: doubt. No. No, definitely not. But, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, it's just two different worlds, you know, and that's why I've always got so frustrated at at people that, you know, come at me for shooting. Like last year I posted that video and it was, you know, I shot a doe and I hit her right in the shoulder, like right in that bone. And and I got – my arrow went through both sides, but it didn't, like, blow through her and stick in the ground. You know, it was still sticking out both sides. And, dude – People were like that's terrible penetration. You need to learn more about your setup, and and, uh, they, and then I, you know they're like asking me what my weight setup was, and I told them, and this, dude I got roasted for shooting a four hundred or forty or whatever green arrow I shot last year, low four hundred. And so then I, you know, they don't want to take into consideration that I blew through the moose and blew through elk and everything else with that same setup, and then one situation I hit a shoulder bone and. Don't blow through at all, I mean it was sticking out both sides and she went forty yards and fell over, but that's not good enough you know so that's where I've always been like God I'd like to meet so many people in person
0: oh yeah and <laughs> i again I try to stay like in the middle of the road because i I will say like I know where that comes from and 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 by as a byproduct of the position you're in you get junked in there with 400 other TV personalities that um, right. shoot it, yep. like, basically double lung it and uh, no exit hole and arrow stick and 14 inches of it are sticking out of it because they were shooting right. 55 pounds with a rage and a 390 grain head in comparison yep. to, you know, whatever. So, and, and I try... <laughs> I try to keep the peace somewhat in the middle of shit talking, but I the the thing is is if you know your limitations and you're at a, a level um, of let's say you know at a with a stick bow where you're comfortable, you want a 700 grain arrow, you want I don't know some astronomical 26 percent front of center. I'm like man, rub some funk on it. Go out there hunting pink camo, loin cloth. I don't give a shit. Just do what makes you happy, but if a guy right. is extremely lethal shooting, um, you know, a 450-grain arrow, then, then by all means, it's you, you just need to know your own limitations, your own your own setup. Um, I just think you are probably one of the wrong people, just the amount that you get to hunt and how many arrows you're putting through an animal. Why would you do that when your lively, livelihood is on the line? You have got to put that animal down. Not got to, but... Right. You, pretty much yeah, have no, I,
1: to. <laughs> well i want to you Yeah, know i mean and i know what what work, work will want you know and, and i you know and that's another reason i'm going a little heavier this year i'm going to shoot those pierces i really like that setup and they're super tough and i want to run a real heavy platform i do a lot of testing too i want to see the difference you know because if i see something is 100 percent better than I'm, de- I'm gonna you know i'm not too proud to say oh you know I, I, I was wrong, right? You know, this is, this is boiling through them a lot better, you know, so, but a passer is a passer, so it's hard for me to measure
0: how far it's sticking in the ground on the other side sometimes, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, and, and your draw length, I mean, what are you shooting, at 30, 31? Your 30 and 5 eighths
1: is the, you know, that's what exactly it is, so.
0: Yeah, so you got a pretty good power stroke behind it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I was... 29 so i was i kind of made up for some of it was you know i hunted with 80 90 pounds pretty much the last 20 30 years forever i probably need soldiers knock on wood right but you've got a lot of momentum behind that arrow and that that carries a lot um you know in comparison like a 500 grain arrow and you're shooting i would imagine you're pumping a 500 grain arrow out in the 290s is that close to yeah yeah so
1: I I might even shoot an 80 pound bow this year just so I can get that up a little bit. But yeah, if I shoot 70 pounds, I'll shoot a 500 grain arrow, about 290, mid 290s
0: probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, and I'm only bringing up numbers back and forth. Like for me, I'm losing a decent amount of speed, but you know, um, going to 29, I'm like 28 and three quarters, seven eighths. But um. I was shooting like a 570 grain arrow and at 280s, you know, 284, 286. Yeah. But I can I I don't know, I'll put a field point on that and go through most animals. It does not matter. It's going through right. because of the momentum. Yeah. I did it cuz I'm um I hate to say unethical, but I don't mind frontal shots. Um Right, yeah. s- Splitting the shoulder blade in the neck area. Um that doesn't bother me. It zips right through, and I've got some decent accuracy behind it. You're in the same boat. I would imagine you probably with that 440 grain arrow where you probably would have gotten into, um, you know, trouble or, or not probably. Where it would have mattered is definitely like heavy bone breaking, what you hear a lot of the traditional yeah. guys talk about. Um you know you're not going to be as effective there but you also have the accuracy you don't have to worry about it as much and it's arguable and i, I mean that's why archery talk is where it is it's so everybody can get on there and talk shit um yeah most yeah, of is. them I mean, don't kill I understand anything the
1: argument. you're you're exactly right if i was to hit a an elk or a even that moose in that front front of that shoulder I wasn't going through it you know um but the point where that that changes is, I mean, that would be an entire setup change. I mean, you're talking thirty grains isn't going to make a difference. You're, t- I mean, it's going to be like to get through a shoulder bone of a moose or something like that. I don't even know what I'd have to do, you know.
0: Go, cut, on, cut on contact head and yeah, indefinitely. grain arrow yeah. <laughs> and, and like,
1: you know what I'm saying? Just not something I was willing to do, you know. So yeah, it's more about accuracy for me than it is. I'm not trying to sound arrogant. Knock on wood. I. If I miss where I'm aiming, if I hit a moose in the front of the shoulder, I miss by almost two feet, you know. Yep. And if that's a that's a huge mistake in my on my part already, and I'm willing to, you know, swallow that if that's what happens. So, I that was you know my my deal is I don't I'm not shooting for front of the shoulder. Now certain situations like my mule deer last year in uh, Wyoming, it's we stalked into like 18 yards. And uh, the wind swirled, and it stood up and looked right, like kind of just you know how a mule deer and antelope sometimes will turn towards you or a deer, oh, yeah. in general, whenever they're trying to figure it out. But he was 18 yards, and I was at full draw, and so I zipped him right, you know, between the shoulder blades, and he ran 100 yards and you know, endowed, you know, and so with that's at 18 yards, you know, so then there's, I mean. Whenever and there's soft that soft spot between the brisket bone and the shoulder bone, and you if you hit that perfect, you're gonna you know zip all the way into the lungs and heart and everything. And so, but the the difference is accuracy. Because if I was to hit that brisket bone or hit that shoulder bone with a 440 grain arrow, it's not good, you know. So, especially on a big animal. And so, yeah, this year, I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect, so I want to create the largest margin. For errors. So that's why I'm going to shoot a heavier arrow this year, you know, 500 plus grain with a steel um, broad. And I'm going to shoot a steel cut swacker, I think, um, especially on these first few. A little bit smaller cut, like an inch and, inch and three quarter cut. And I've, but I've used a two inch cut swacker for like eight years and had crazy good luck with them. Shot buffalo, musk ox, and moose, and everything with them, you know. But I'm going to try it. I'm going to go to a Heavier, probably the heaviest arrow I've ever shot with a smaller cut broadhead, and and, uh, and see how I like it. <laughs> I might even get on archery talk afterwards and maybe tell them they're all right.
0: <laughs> now, well, I just I had to exit uh, <laughs> this high momentum archery. Uh, I think was the name. Uh, on there and, uh, and I got on it just in case cause people were posting links and stuff to what I was doing and, in uh, j- informational, right. When I get on something on there, I, I'm not getting on there to fight, right. I'm getting on there to say, Hey, this is what I used or, uh, well, I exited shortly after I got on. Um, and it wasn't, I, nobody pissed me off or it was just a matter of like, I have got X amount of time and to to help people to answer questions and i really i don't want to spend a lot of that time defending myself or something i said or something someone else said like it'll this this podcast will be on there sure as the sun will rise it it's going to pop Sorry. on there and the the thing is is they they'll they'll say a lot um on that one and several others like Oh the new newest celebrity says 450 is fine and all the sheep follow him or or, or whatever, you know, something like that. And right. I I mean the thing is is like uh, you know, for me as a as a byproduct, I always shot heavy arrows. I shot them light once. I hit a mule deer in the shoulder. Didn't go very well for me and thought, you know, I'm just going to go 500 plus. And uh, right. And I, and I stuck with 500 plus, and I didn't go crazy, crazy front of center, and I, I've always just been better with an evenly weighted arrow more than a heavy up front weighted. Um, right. For what – I've just always had better luck with that anyway. Yep. Man, if you get on that, you're traveling down the rabbit hole at a rate where you once you get in the toothpaste, toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. Once you comment on one of those, you're like morally obligated or internally obligated to stay on. <laughs> <Interesting>. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's,
1: it's terrible. It's like a disease. I told Samantha, I was like, I cannot get on those forums because I can't get off them because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna tell this guy. Yeah, and it's like arguing with a liberal. You cannot win. You know, it's, it's over.
0: Well, and it's in text. Right. <laughs> and and there's things that there's no way those people would say to your face it, that they'll say online. I mean, it's like in a car. I don't know. You know, if somebody flips me off in a car. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you truthfully, would you do that to my face? Would you tell me to F off, right? And it's the same way online. You know, people say really whatever they want to. There's not a lot of respect on there. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the really, the, the big thing is it's learning, right? Like, I, I mean, trying to learn from what everybody's doing. Like, you're not shooting a recurve. You're shooting one of the most high-performance bows known to man. And, you know, you're, you're saying shot 440 killed everything I aimed at, but I do want to go a little heavier. Um, you don't really have a need to shoot um a seven grain arrow. I mean if you were going yeah. to hunt elephant, you know, but yeah. There is a point that people in in my opinion, especially the last 19 podcasts I've done about arrow weight and arrow setups, there is a point to where you are going past a point of diminishing returns. And then there's another point of you are going to start to lose speed, for example. You may start to lose accuracy if you go crazy front of center. Your arrow durability will go to hell in a handbasket because if you got 300 grains up front and a 600 to 650-grain arrow, your grains per inch aren't that heavy, which means your arrow is brittle. Unless right. NASA came up with some new arrow or gold goal tip that I don't know about, you're going to have to shoot a heavier arrow to have a durable arrow. So yep. I what I'm getting at is if you shoot – uh 500 grain arrow at 290 feet per second what is that not good for for people to get pissed off and argue about that you should be shooting a 650 mo right. that's going to go through most things to where it's not even when i say most things most things on the planet yeah you're not going to go hunt asian right. water buffalo with it probably but right you're going to whitetail mule deer elk uh moose i mean it's it's good enough and so that's when people start arguing and I read those things. My finger starts twitching and I'm having trouble not responding because it's like, hey, guys, like you're really picking fly shit out of chili here. Like, do you really think right. that and again, you lose accuracy and you lose speed yep. and you lose a lot. Of, you know, so there's now you go to somebody. Well, let's say like your wife who may be shooting 45 pounds and she may need to shoot a heavier arrow because of momentum for some animals. And and there's a give and take there, but uh, I mean, I don't know. 500 grain arrow is going to blow through just about anything with your setup in in North America. Well, I don't think there's anything. won't. What was your setup for Buffalo?
1: Uh, Same thing. It was like a 450, 450 grain arrow, 315,
0: 320,
1: and went through both lungs, broke a rib going out the other side, you know? And so, that thing didn't even go a hundred yards and that's the biggest animal in North America. So,
0: yeah, yeah. no.
1: Just... <laughs> I was like, okay, why would I, you know, that's been my deal. Now I hit it in, you know, eight inches behind the crease of the shoulder and the lungs, you know, which I look at the TV hunter thing. I get it. I get more, I get so mad. I get way worse mad watching hunting shows than I do on archery talk just because, it's just gut shot after gut shot after gut shot with arrows sticking out of stuff. And I smoked it and fist pumps. And I mean, it's enough to make anybody throw up. I, I get it. I, and that's the biggest thing that gets on my nerves is how people have went away from shooting at the deer's heart because they suck at shooting. And so now they're shooting at its at the back of the lungs liver with a two inch cut and let's go get it tomorrow. You know, I hate that. I hate that crap. So, That's not me. I don't aim back there. Um, I aim right behind the crease, top of the heart, lungs, you know. Um, But, you know, these guys are not great shots. TV hunters are probably the worst shots in our hunting industry, which, you know, that's just the way it is. I've I've shot with a lot of them. It's terrible. And so um, they're giving themselves the most room for error by aiming in the middle of the animal, and just shooting a 400-grain arrow, trying to get all the speed they can, and two inch it's terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. It's embarrassing, but that's not me. I'm not, you know, I don't do TV for the same reason most people. I do it because I don't like having to feel like I got to win a tournament to pay my house payment
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well and <laughs> i did that for years and it sucked <laughs> yeah no kidding well and and uh, a lot of the stuff i bring up because uh what one uh, i already know there'll be questions and blowback coming and so mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons i you know because i have a lot of guys that'll that'll get a hold of me and say man my arrow's 486 grains and i'm shooting um you know uh 282 feet per second I just heard on a podcast, whatever. I like that one I did with Ashby. Um, should I go up to 650 And it's like, man, no. Like, right. <laughs> that is right. fine. Like, don't – especially if you got three kids and a, and a wife and a mortgage and two car payments. Like, you know, if you're inherently wealthy, rub some funk on it. Test everything. I encourage everybody to. But – if if you're shooting something, you know, uh, in that in that like you know whatever, anytime you're close to 500 grains, I feel warm and fuzzy, and you know, 27 to 30 inch draw length and 260 yeah. to 300 feet per second, that's getting That not much is stopping that setup. Now, right? Will a bow doing 240 feet with a 680 grain arrow out penetrate that? Uh, with a cut on contact head yeah, I mean it's gonna I mean it's already been proven and, and tested but at what point does that uh, f- that what point does that help you? Uh, if that makes any right. sense like if you are prone to hitting things in the shoulder, then yeah, you might want to shoot a cut on contact. you may want to bump yep. your arrow weight up significantly but ag- again, like you say, the people prone to shooting middle center of center, yeah, they're shooting a two-inch cutting-diameter broadhead because they suck at shooting, and they're hoping to hit something remotely important to kill the animal. And and then yep. guys like you get lumped into that and bashed. Right. Um, yeah, and
1: there's a lot of good, you know, and, that, and honestly, that's the majority of the TV industry, but there are a lot of good, there are a lot of great shots in the TV industry, you know, but unfortunately, they never get, you know— you, they, people don't separate you know if you're doing this and there's somebody that sucks doing that then you suck doing that you know so and and that doesn't mean i'm not going to shoot a deer in the liver i do it almost once at least every year i hit a deer where or an animal where i not want to hit it because i'm human and that's just the way it goes and that's hunting and so yeah then it's great to have a big cut broadhead you know i mean you you throw a 75 grain tiny cut fixed blade through the lungs of an animal and it's going to die about as quick as it would with my swacker you know but it's for error you know <laughs> which i get and i like having that there that confidence but yeah there's some there's some incredible hunters and shots in in the tv industry uh, that'll probably never get that credit um just because they're in the tv industry but you know i get it i mean i the lighted knock thing has has you know, made me lose some respect <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for, for a lot of people. You know, I think that most people in the TV industry would be better off not shooting like stocks.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, and I get a lot of this stuff forwarded to me. And, and I've, I mean, knock on wood, man, I've been super lucky. I've taken a bunch of animals with a compound with the exact system we're talking about. Well, heavier, I mean, obviously I was i was usually over 550 to 600 but um two inch cutting diameter broadhead because i could and i like a big hole um i do kind of the same thing now with the stick bow it's just i can get a two inch fixed blade to fly because i'm only shooting 180 feet per second right (laughs) it's not as big of a deal i had to shoot a mechanical before to get that um right so give and take and and You know, when you going through both of those now, and and when I say both going, going from the compound to the stick, you know, you go through obviously, and I'm sure your systems have changed your ideals and everything else. I started off with aluminums because I'm an old fart and that's all they had. And then I went to light carbons and I arrow bounced out of a couple things, went back to heavy arrows and, (laughs) you know, you learn on the way. And then I I picked up the stick bow and I'm green as grass and I'm like, yeah oh lord i remember these days it was like in the 90s this sucks i don't know what i'm doing is this gonna work and then you know as time goes on you build your own you write your own book i guess you could say and like my my book with the compound has told me x y and z and yours has too right it's a collective of everything you've learned well a lot not to keep bashing and i'll stop here in a second a lot of the stuff that happens online is hypothesis and, and guessing it's a lot of running numbers and no applied knowledge. And that's a really dangerous slope where you talk to a guy, how many animals do you generally take a year?
1: Yeah. Close to 20 a fall, you know, Um, sometimes more, sometimes less.
0: Yeah. A lot. That's good amount, right? You're seeing a lot of animals tip over. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm somewhere in the same, give or take. Some years it's less that I shoot and I'm more I'm helping. But the, the general consensus or the general idea here is I'm watching a lot of arrows go through a lot of animals. And yeah. you when you do that, um, like in your case, you know exactly what's going to work and I know exactly what's going to lurk, And then you get a new guy that comes on board um, and he hangs out at his local archery shop and his local archery shop yeah. pitches whatever broadhead and semi-light arrows um but the guy's only shot a couple those, or whatever right there's not as much experience level there where if a guy comes up uh to you i would imagine with a 28 inch draw for hunting you're probably going to set him up with somewhere between a 470 and a 520 grain arrow i would guess is that about right
1: yeah yeah and probably a little smaller cut broad head
0: um you know and see so,
1: however much poundage he's comfortable with you know and i mean yeah that's the thing is every single person is different yeah and it's what he needs is different and his his um abilities are different and that's gonna you know <laughs> that changes everything and so there's really no real argument you know except don't shoot a 380 grain arrow right don't you know, <laughs> at an elk or, at a, you know, at anything really. So, I mean, it's just don't be retarded and, and hunt. And, you know, that's the thing that's always bothered me. I feel like hunters just love and probably just human nature. You know, that's just, I see it because I'm so involved in hunting is that they just, they just want to pick and nitpick if you're not doing it exactly like they do it. You know, if you, I mean, from every aspect, like, oh, you shot a two-year-old whitetail that made you happy and it made me mad and i'm gonna bash you for it you know i i just feel like holy cow man i i remember being you know growing up and just shooting anything that was legal you know for years because we hunted public land and i'd go a week and never see an animal you know so i mean i i don't understand where some of these guys come from you know with just hating on people for hunting the way they hunt you know i say hunt the way you want to hunt and have fun and do it as ethical as possible. And other than that, I mean, how ethical is, is hunting? That's always in my argument. Like you're running a razor blade through an animal. I mean, and watching it bleed to death. I mean, that's hunting, you know, I mean, if we're going to talk about ethics, like, holy cow, I don't even think we can, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously I understand the argument, like let's be as ethical as possible and let's try to kill this animal as quick as possible, but I don't know. Some people just, I mean, they're oh, nitpicking a little bit, if you ask me, when it comes to, you know, what they're saying. so
0: Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and I, I think that, um, uh, again, I think if anybody takes anything from this last 20-minute rant, for sure should be, um, you know, make sure your arrow's flying good, make sure you're extremely accurate, and make sure your broadheads are sharp, and, and uh, you'll be fine. Like, I think if a guy wants to shoot a 600-grain arrow, I think that's awesome. I think if a guy wants to shoot a 450 grain arrow, that's fine too. As long as you know the limitations of that, that system, you're good. Where I, which will be our next rant here, what kills me is the lost art of tuning or setting up a bow, tuning an arrow and actually knowing what you're doing. And, and, uh, and you're, let's say you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're worried, you know, guys will worry about the smallest, most, tiny aspect and they have not learned to reserve their bow they have not learned what yoke tuning is i mean were you taught that stuff at like a super young age or did you pick that up later and i mean how much does that affect and, and i'm this question sounds dumb but believe it or not it's not out of your out of your bow I mean, how much would you say your accuracy is affected by the ability of, for you to tune a bow? Because I know a lot of guys, if they knew to tune a bow immediately, their 40-yard group would probably go from 8 eight or 12 inches, and it'd shrink at least 2 or 3 learning how to tune a bow in arrow flight I mean, how much of that stuff did you learn early, and how pivotal is that for you now to be as accurate as you are?
1: Well, I didn't learn a lot of it early. You know, I started with my dad when I was real little, like, but he started shooting the same time I did, you know. So we kind of learned together, you know, how important it was, and it's it's unbelievably important. I mean, it is like like now today, I can be shooting a bow that's tuned, and, and uh, you know, obviously these days, you know, or, you know, with a bow, things move, string stretch, or you know, some heat. You get out in a hundred degrees and humid and all of a sudden. I can tell the second something changes. You know, I can tell when when my group start getting wider i can i say something's out you know and i'll go check it and sure enough my timing's out or or my you know tearing through paper a little different or you know something's going on um so tuning is i mean i feel like people would benefit i mean leaps and bounds and and probably move their effective range out a lot further um if if they knew how to tune tune a bow right you know and, and it took me years because I didn't have anybody. We didn't have YouTube, you know. We didn't have any of that when I was growing up. It was me and my dad out shooting arrows every day, going, "Oh, this sucks," you know, or that that works and this sucks and that doesn't work, or we think it works, and six months later we find out it doesn't. So it was um, it was kind of a lot of you know just self taught learning, and and I did have a few good guys back then um, that I grew up around in my area that were great bow mechanics and they did teach me a lot, you know, I mean, from setting a bow up to where you put your knock, how you tie a knock point in to how you time a bow to how you, you know, tune an arrow, you know, and, and I've learned most of what I know the last seven years. I was winning pro tournaments with a bow that wasn't tuned correctly, you know, and, and, uh, Tim Gillingham was one of my big mentors and probably knows more about tuning a bow then I've you know he's probably forgot more about tuning a bow than I know still you know I'm still learning
0: so he told me that once I was elk hunting with him and he had mentioned he said uh he said if you knew uh and don't quote me exactly it, he he basically had how much you were learning like there I can't remember how we worded it but basically it was a testament of how good of a shooter you are because you were not is technically proficient as a lot of other people or a lot of other guys you were shooting right. against and still kicking the crap out of them. Um,
1: right. Well, I think that was fine. Line between, six years ago or yeah.
0: something.
1: <laughs> yeah, that used to bother Tim a lot. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I should learn some of this stuff that he's doing. you know? And, it, and when I did, it makes a huge difference, man. I mean, and it more so for hunting than in tournaments because when you're not tuned perfectly and you've got a really, you know, aerodynamic field point on the front of your arrow and you know you're not shooting in 40 mile an hour winds or something i mean it's it's um, not nearly as big a deal and 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 but when you screw a broadhead on the end of an arrow and something's not right holy smokes it's like times it by five you know things are going not where you want them to and i remember being a kid dude shooting them old super slammer aluminums with muzzy broadheads and four-inch veins, and I mean, probably shooting 180 foot a second max. And I remember having to write on the veins where the arrow hit because I <laughs> didn't know how to broadhead tune when I was little. And I would write on the vein six inches left, and then the next arrow would be like four inches low right. And so I'm knocking an arrow up to hunt, and I'm like, oh, this one hits low right. I got to remember to aim high left. Okay, you know, so I, I, I'll never forget doing that because those old old uh, (laughs) fixed blades and they were so tuned so horribly that they just planed off wherever they were pointing, you know. And and if we would have just known what we know now, we could have saved ourselves a lot of headache growing up, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I just had a guy, (laughs) for example, message me, uh, you know, about, um, hey, my my broadheads are hitting, you know, three inches low at at 40 or 50 um, compared to my field tips. And I'm like, hey man, just right. just I mean, I said I am not there, but I said normally I would just say, hey, bump bump your rest up just a hair, and immediately they're they're gonna work, they're gonna marry up together, your broadheads and your field tips, because that's not a huge huge difference. And I I right, said, yeah. you know, longer distance, you're gonna start talking with wind drag, and and, and then you're not gonna tune yep. that out. That's just life. Um, which simple fix, right? But you know, when you when you look at it, if you if you walk down the the, the shooting line at an outdoor archery range, and uh, you know, you start asking questions, I think people would be amazed that over half the people, if there's fifty people on that line, twenty five of them grabbed broadhead, screwed them on, and went hunting, and never, right. and that's everybody did that. I I don't talk down to people for doing that because as you're telling stories about writing on the vein, I remember thinking. You know, there like there was at one point in time, I bought twelve broadheads and three of them hit good, and those were the first three in my quiver, and I didn't know what I was going to do yep. with the rest, and so I just thought, I hope I kill it with these three. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, now I'm shooting bear shafts through paper, I'm group tuning, I'm walk, back, I'm doing all this different stuff, but what that's allowed me to do is is put the arrow in the target at eighty to one hundred and twenty yards pretty consistently, and yeah. That is a big difference between a guy that is only effective out to thirty or forty. It may not be his ability. A guy with the best ability in the world, without proper coaching, he's gonna peak out real, real fast if he doesn't know what his correct draw length is or what he, he may have the inside of him the best ability, the ability of Levi Morgan, but that shit ain't coming out because he's got he's gonna need some help. Right. There's there's yeah, no way. No doubt and and uh and that's where you get a lot of those arguments too on effective shooting range and everything else but one of the things that i think uh that that is a is a blessing and a a curse is youtube um and forums because you get right. a lot of good advice but you get some piss poor advice a, a, as well you got
1: to be careful <laughs> yeah. you got to be careful who you're looking at <laughs> well and you, and you, yeah.
0: you you look at um you, well, I mean, you look at let's say go down the line of of uh, all the like Jack Wallace, Gillingham, you McCarthy. I mean, go down the line, you're all gonna guys. You guys are all gonna pretty much look the same, uh, s- same setup, same system, same draw length. I think probably the last guy that I can remember winning with a crazy, crazy draw length was Tom Crow. I think he probably yeah. should have been 28. He was shooting a 30 with a wrist rocket. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that 80 pounds.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he defied, you know, <laughs> what the norm would be to win a, an archery tournament, which is cool. I, I like that. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and and you know, I you know, ignorance is bliss when it comes to shooting tournaments to a point. You have to be able to tune your equipment, but what you have to be able to do that Tim can't do
0: it's is stop playing with about it. it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and stop. You know, there comes a point where you can know too much. Like, Tim, he knows so much about his bow that when one arrow doesn't hit perfect, he's instantly thinking of all the things that could be going wrong with his equipment. (laughs) And so while he's doing that, somebody's sneaking up behind him and beating him, you know? And so you got to be able to just be like, there's a point where the bow is really good and it's tuned really well. And I can literally take one of my setups and never be satisfied with it if I let myself, because, I mean, you, you're talking, you know, groups at a hundred yards and I'm talking like, I feel like it should be better. I feel like I broke, you know, three o'clock X and I missed that quarter inch out at three o'clock, you know, and that's Tim. He's just like, no, it's not perfect. And he's constantly striving for, 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 for perfection. Comes to the point where, you know, it's more the Indian than it is the bow, you know, but most of the time when you're talking about, you know, everyday hunters and probably 95% of the people that bow hunt their stuff, they could make a huge improvement to their ability to kill stuff more efficiently with a, with a better tuned setup, you know, and it's not that hard to to learn the things that are really important that are going to make the most difference. And then there's a lot of tiny little things that are going to make a little bit of difference, you know? And, uh, but to be able to get your arrows to fly well and to be shooting good tear paper, to have your center shot, right? Your walk back tuning, um, stuff like that. That's super important. I feel like still most people don't, don't do it, you know? And, uh, that's a shame because I mean, even talking about what we were talking about earlier, penetration, you know, that's, that's huge for penetration with that arrow hitting square, you know, not coming in, kicking all over the place, you know, that takes a ton of energy out of an arrow. If it, if it doesn't have all the force from the, no- from the knock, all the way through the tip, you know, that's where that, that you get penetration from is that driving force straight through. And when it hits sideways, it doesn't really matter what your setup is at that point.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and that, that's, um, a lot of this stuff, like obviously, where I, I think I did like five podcasts in a row about um, arrow weight and in uh, front of center, and I did a couple with Dudley about it. just trying to explain to people like the pros and cons of everything. And no matter what, at the end of the day, you're gonna come up with you want a decently weighted arrow. Or to heavy. You and you want a sharp broadhead yep. and you want the knock and the tip to be in line with each other and you're gonna be pretty good. Right. After that, it's really more personal preference and, and I cater to a heavier arrow. I like a heavier arrow and um Right. And after that though, I mean you talk about uh, you know, with tuning or, or, or whatever, there are people, there are some there's some setups that just flat out should not shoot mechanical broadheads, not because yep. mechanical broadheads are bad. Um, I mean, in some opinion, people, some people's opinion are they just don't have enough ass to open it um, or some right. mechanicals. But there's going to be other times, and this was my kind of argument, is I would rather have a guy that's shooting 70 pounds um, with a whatever, pick an arrow weight, 475 grain arrow, shoot a mechanical that hits the right spot than shoot a fixed blade for the greater good of tradition when he can't get the fixed blade to tune. Because it right. doesn't – he's going to need that fixed blade to go through the shoulder or the leg or the ass because he can't get it to tune. It's going to hit it in the hoof, right? Where, yeah. I mean, I think the great good Lord invented mechanicals initially for people who couldn't tune a bow. I mean, they're a great – I like the hole they, they leave. Are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, but <laughs> there's some guys where I don't have time to help them tune a bow, and I'm like, hey, if you can't get this thing tuned – Go buy mechanical. Like, it's yeah. better than shooting something hitting three foot low left, right? I, I'd love for yep. you to be able to tune, but I can't sprinkle fairy dust up your skirt and, and teach you how to tune a bow in five minutes, and season starts in four days, and I know you're going anyway. Get right, a mechanical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's just how it <laughs> is. And, I again, I'm overly blunt or honest, and people get on there, they need to learn to tune. Well, no shit, Dick Tracy. I know they need to learn to tune. But I don't have time to teach them, and they're going anyway, and a mechanical is a better option. Now, I would much rather those guys be shooting a perfectly tuned bow with any broadhead, but, man, it's – I mean, it's not a perfect world, and and that's where you got to be realistic to the person's abilities and everything else. And if they're going anyway, I mean, you you want them to hit where they're aiming at the very least, you know, so. Right. (laughs) The, i was just going to ask i was kind of curious do you do you hunt with a wrist rocket or do you hunt with a handheld
1: i hunt with a handheld actually you know what this year i might even go back to the old wrist rocket and see what happens i shot if i shoot if i'm hunting somewhere where it's super cold and i've got gloves on i'll hunt with a wrist rocket but most of the time i've got you know my handheld and that's because i'm just so much more comfortable with it i don't know this year I'm, i was thinking about trying a, a you know, a wrist rocket again. I used, I switched to a actually a hinge six years ago hunting because I was just rushing myself so stinking bad with a, with a caliper release. And I just felt like as soon as my pin got where I wanted, I was firing and I was like, am I, am I, you know, punching this trigger like that bad? Like, a... so I really wanted to slow myself down a little bit. And I went to a hinge and gosh, I've, I feel like I've made the best shots I've ever made on animals, you know, with a hinge, but it gets a little tricky, like, with, like, El Contini's coming in fast and moving, you know, even at 15 yards, he's walking by, you can't really get him to stop, and I need a wrist rocket, you know. And uh But there's been occasions where I wish I'd have had one on, so I was thinking about trying it again this year and seeing if I've got that monkey off my back and I can actually execute a good shot with a wrist rocket, and then that'll be – that'll make my decision for me.
0: I'm kind of like <laughs> you with that one. I can execute if I practice – Because, I don't know, I started shooting a hinge-like a long time ago and it does not yep. matter how perfect i look you know 20 years of shooting a hinge i can make that thing look money hand me a thumb button or a wrist rocket and i'll bend the trigger off at the moment of truth like you know <laughs> i can yep. i can fake it like i can look good on video even in a tournament i can you know usually hold it together right but you get an animal right. coming in and i mean i pearl harbor the crap out of that trigger i mean i'm oh, just dude, I... <laughs>
1: I don't know why that is. Like if I like there's a you know an elk coming by me and I cow call and stop it and I got a wrist rocket on, I'll come from way back and just <laughs> just slap the dog crap out of that thing, dude. And I'm like, man, what is wrong with me? I would never do that. So with a hinge, I don't even have the urge to do that. So isn't that that's weird? Why I've hunted. It is so weird, man. I'm I'm so thankful for the hinge because of that. I have no idea why that is.
0: You know. the human brain man i am identical because i i'll grab frank's bow now thumb button hinge style pressure it doesn't matter i look like a superstar but i guarantee and i'll tell people i'm like hey don't let's i'm not gonna church it up you put an animal in front of me it looks nothing like this at all and it it (laughs) might for one animal You know, and it might for the first couple weeks of practice with the wrist rocket or or a week. But, man, the only thing that I've got going for me, which I'm sure you can pull off better than me, is I have such good habits ingrained that that massive karate chop to the trigger, I can compensate for that with good form in the rest of the shot. (laughs) For a while, yeah, right? right?
1: Yeah,
0: right, yeah. Yeah, it's after your pin
1: in the right spot when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, you know,
1: sure. I, and it's situational for me. Like, if a deer's feeding in a food plot and he's calm and he's standing in the same spot, most of the time I can execute a good shot. But it's when i got to stop an animal and I know I've only got, you know, a couple seconds before he's gone. I feel uh, with a trigger in my hand, it's gone. Like it's, it's getting shot, you know, with a hinge, I, you know, for some reason it calms me down. and I can, I can still roll through it pretty quick, but I'm not, I'm not punching it. You know, I'm just executing a good, fluent shot. Yeah. And so that's, that's the difference for me.
0: Well, I shot a clicker forever on a, on a hinge and I still go back and forth and people are like, man, you're defeating the purpose of the clicker. Uh, or the, of the hinge by shooting a clicker. And I'm like, look, if you think, if you're telling yourself, you don't know when this thing's going off, cause there's no clicker, you're lying. Like right. you got a pretty yep. good idea exactly when it's going off. But however my brain works, that click actually helps to tell me to get my crap together and then perform some simulation of back tension, um, right. after it clicks. But I hunted with the clicker and just filed it down. So it barely clicked forever. And yeah, I, I, I've hunted with a clicker for well, since the beginning of click. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So
1: I, I love clicks, you know. I, but I don't use them in my shot. I, I, I start my shot from the click. Like I pull yep. back, and as I'm anchoring, I'll pull to the click. Just so I start from the same spot every time. A lot of guys use the click like you do, like as you're aiming. Maybe for some reason, I started just as I'm anchoring, I'll pull to the click and then execute the
0: shot. No, nah, not to sound like a, you know, Levi Morgan leg humper, dude, you and I, am almost identical. Like that click is just right. a function to tell me to get my crap together. Like, Hey, yeah. hey start, start aiming. Hey dummy, yeah. it's going to go in a yeah. minute. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that's
1: exactly right. It's just so I don't, for some reason, get overzealous on one and send an arrow
0: down through the wood, you know? Oh, and when I started, man, I had arrows to Jesus everywhere with a back tension, <laughs> punching my face. And it was those old stands. They had like green and purple, their ugly hard edges and yep. oh, they had bl- lips bleeding. I probably shot bikers riding on the bike path. And, and I, I wish I had a <laughs> click back then, man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, me too, man. I, I'll never forget this old man, Dave. I had target panic so bad. He's He must have felt sorry for me at our local club because (laughs) he gave me, like, the first hinge known to man. I mean, it was old. And I remember going home with that thing, and I had bloody noses, about knocked my teeth out. But I stuck with it. it. It definitely is a huge tool that I've used for, well, since the beginning,
0: so yeah well man we're hitting about a an hour and i'm sure you got a busy schedule ahead of you and uh so man i let you go but i appreciate you coming on here and uh and the support to kafaru as well and and definitely congratulations on you know kicking the crap out of everybody this year holy cow <laughs> oh, i appreciate
1: it dude I, yeah and i thank you guys for your support and i lord i'm happy to do it and i'm just glad it's almost hunting season
0: yeah no no kidding oh Lord well uh, hopefully well I price I guess I'll be seeing you potentially anyway later yep. on in Alberta and uh if not I'll see you on archery talk no I'm just kidding um, no. <laughs>
1: might not see you on there but I'll definitely see you in Alberta yeah
0: <laughs> okay for sure man well let me know if you need anything and uh, and if I don't uh, talk to you before then good luck with all your hunts coming up thanks man same to you send me some pictures all right sounds good take it easy all right man see ya.